0: Ready,
1: Dave? Hey, everyone. I'm back drinking coffee again. And this is Jordan Cooper. This is Dave Fox. I never stopped. So, wow, this is a special... This is what I call a hangout episode of... uh, I think they're all special. What's Pod? Me and... It's Casual Fridays... Me and Dave are in our PJs. Yeah. Um, Usually we dress up in... uh, Suits. Suffocating suits. Also, this episode later on, everyone, you're going to have an exclusive new They Might Be Giants song, a new recording that no one has heard before. We're going to tell you how that happened and everything, but just stick around because this is, was extremely yeah. exciting for me. No one has heard this. Some have heard a, a version of it, I'll say that, but no one has heard what I am going to play you. It's crazy, folks. It's crazy, folks. So, okay, there's a lot of news, a lot of news in the TMBG world. Is there? There is. And there's, well, a little bit, and then there's some <laughs> news in our world. And, uh, there is <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> cool. And uh, I'm all for news. You know, you know. There's
2: been nothing but great stuff in the news, so I'm all a, for more. There's news. lots of great news inundating me every day.
1: This episode's going to go into some of that. The news going on. Yeah. We're going to talk about the news. This is going to become a political podcast every so. week because there's not enough of those. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's let's start with our news segment. Okay. You say you have got some very excellent news. So, Dave, something happened right before you came over. Uh, look, I apologized for that already. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a big poop outside the door. Um, no. Uh, I think that was implied. There is a new revelation of an old They Might Be Giants song from the early 80s that no one's ever heard. We mm-hmm. still haven't heard it, but now we have a title of a new song that no one's heard of uh, called My Father's Son.
2: Okay, I really didn't know. This yeah, this actually. is this just
1: happened. Um, was this like while I was walking down the street? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm pretty on top of this stuff. It, yeah. So uh, basically, there's some someone found this old uh, interview with John and John from 1988, and uh, go on and let's let's get that up there. I'll, I'll I'll read the part, the relevant part, and in this interview, which is uh, funny because they switch Linnell and Flansburg's names in <laughs> the uh, in the Q and As. Those jokers. You can tell. Yeah. In in this uh, interview. They say that they talked about, you know, years ago, they wanted to make a flexi disc. And Flansburg said, we had this big plan. We were going to release Cowtown and My Father's Son. And that was like 1981. They just say that as if like people wouldn't, their brains wouldn't explode upon him saying that. Then because fans are like me, are are obsessive. They asked Flansburg on the Tumblr, Mm -hmm. like, do you remember a song called My Father's Son? And he's like, I do remember it very well. And he's like, it was a mild one. Which huh. I interpret as being, you know, how like we kind of like the Flansburg soft ballads thing, like uh, "Exploding Invitation." And I mean, I just I kind of like everything they do. Yeah,
2: there you go. I have no prejudice at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, no discerning tastes.
1: Yeah, so like uh, to me, that implies it's maybe one of those really nice, you know, songs. like mid-tempo.
2: Maybe not. We know yeah. that he wants to rock, uh, party every night and rock every day, or whatever that stupid song yeah. is.
1: I wish he'd stop rocking. Yeah, it's noisy, can't well. sleep.
2: So, you think it's another case of him being too self conscious, where it's just like, give us everything.
1: I, yeah, that too. And I also think there's, he's, because he said it's mild, it's like, I think they're scared of the mild songs, but I think the fans really appreciate mm. the mild songs. It's nice to get a little break on an out. Al- you don't want every album to be like the second half of the first album, <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> where, it's, where it's just completely insane all the time. I do understand that. Or maybe you do. I mean, well, I understand <laughs> that
2: sentiment a little bit. Yeah. Re- revealing a certain side of yourself.
1: Yeah, Dave. On one of your albums, you have kind of like a love song, yeah, and I remember very difficult. I remember Dave. Well, now I'm talking to you, the listener. Uh, I remember. I'll, I'll <laughs> in leave in case you were confused, Dave. <laughs> um, I remember Dave Always being confused. <laughs> very. Uh, very hesitant to put it on, and he kept rewriting the lyrics. I think I might be down wrong about like, that. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: down to the day I had to sing them. Yeah, yeah, like the two-hour uh, subway to the Bronx. I was still like writing and rewriting. It's yeah. just very hard to find the exact words.
1: Yeah, but it's a great song. I'll say that. Thank you. I'll I compliment Dave it. to make him to bring up his mood so he does a better uh, show. Yeah, let's put, <laughs> let's put a clip. <laughs> Everything I do is manipulative. <laughs> I, I toy with Dave's emotions like a like a big asshole. We, and here's a clip of that song now maybe. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck
2: not? <laughs> how did you know how to get through the Yeah, no, and to make that song, I was like, let me listen how other quote unquote tough bands have a slower, more emotional song. And yeah, it's a like very Metallica. What's a
1: good Metallica one, Dave? Uh,
2: you know, like Nothing Else Matters. You know, it was supposedly mm. about being on the road and them missing their wives and whatever. Oh, so they're saying the nothing is the, isn't, the band, the,
1: isn't the music. <laughs> like, I thought it was nope. being like, nothing else matters except playing to our fans, but it's the opposite of that.
2: Right. It's like all this stardom and, you know, fame and whatever. And it's like, we, we miss our that's a happy good, home lives. That's
1: funny. That's a good genre a good of song. song. There are a lot of bands I that, like, like have songs about being on the. A lot of bands I know, like when they get popular, they tour and then they write a bunch of songs about hating touring. Yeah, it's it's tough. uh, Moxie Fruvis has a a kind of very pretty song about that, uh, about just like missing their wives or whatever. All of their their wives. Each other's wives. Yeah, Um, missing your best friend's wife. Um, so let's let's go into more news. Um, because we didn't cover this last time. I think this happened right after we recorded. I think
2: I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. I'm excited too.
1: Big news uh for they put this out to their mailing list. I don't think it's a secret. I know but exactly what you're gonna say. There's new Linnell and Flansburg solo projects.
2: Yeah, no, I wanted to talk about Solo that too. Solo. So it's been like what, 20 years <laughs> since <laughs> don't, a off. Buff- <laughs> no, I mean it's been like a really long time since they've dipped into that uh Creative well,
1: yeah. I wonder if this was inspired by the quarantine because they're lonely. Yeah, um, and maybe That's they're a good point. maybe they're a little bit. Uh, this is totally me projecting. Because this is a, a horrible show. <laughs> no, maybe they're a little bit, the chemistry is a little bit, uh, they'll, they'll, they got to get it back again because they haven't really seen each other, I assume. Maybe they're doing like what we do. Maybe they're like the one yeah. one of the few people they hang out with. Well, or maybe they're like, oh, thank God. this is like a nice break after fucking nonstop. I imagine it's a nice break. <laughs>
2: yeah, but so. It's, it's tough, you know, like right before we went into quarantine, maybe like. I mean, you know this, October, November, like we've dead on a Friday, my band finally found a new drummer after like two years. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we found Mark, shout out to Mark.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was
2: like, uh, who's a fan of the show, by the way. Oh, um, well, that's nice to hear. Or maybe not, but you know, I'll say he, he might is. be a dirty liar. But yeah, and then it was like, okay, we're, we're playing like two gigs a month or so. Like we're making up for lost time. And then February was our last gig and we're trying to do these zoom practices where, you know, the timing doesn't match up. Mm. And there's really nothing, Really, (laughs) there's always a delay, someone's like not in time, it's almost impossible. So, I mean, speaking of Mataka, I even heard Lars say they can't do it either. For all their fame, like the Zoom technology can't sync everybody up at the exact same time to do a practice that would be as effective as being live in the room. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually like working with people to like get that technology up to speed, like maybe he's investing in something new for bands exclusively. Yeah,
1: that's a good idea.
2: I mean, he looks towards that kind of stuff in the future. You know, Napster and all that. (laughs) (laughs) The point of all this, (laughs) sorry to be long-winded. Someone's got to be. Like you were saying, maybe they're doing solo stuff just so they can produce. You know, I've been doing more demos, just sending it to them and just being like, you know, give me some feedback. And
1: Well, I feel like it just activated that switch, the monopuff switch in their brain. Like, oh, this is kind of like... The, similar to back then when I started MomPub. like maybe Flansburgh had like three days alone or something. Um, and Linnell, he's doing something called Roman songs, which I just it kind of like warms my heart that he's continuing the songs theme of his solo mm-hmm. material, like House of Ma- I mean it almost could be yeah. called Mayor songs, but it's called House of Mayors or Hall of Mayors either. Though I do wish he would do yeah. more state songs. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, maybe could, just do all maybe the some states. of these will maybe it'll maybe it's maybe this is dipping the toe in the water, you know do It all, but Come I'm on. very excited about Monopuff. I can only assume Hal Kragen's involved because he said well, I'll only do it if, if it's with Hal Kragen. Oh, cool! So I can only assume that maybe he changed that rule. Uh, they kind of changed the rules uh, that they put up uh, up for themselves a lot. I'm
2: really excited about new Monopuff yes. stuff.
1: I'm extremely excited. I don't know why I'm we're like it's more exciting than they might be giants, maybe just because it's different. I don't know. I think it's
2: like a little hit of nostalgia too. Yeah, Yeah, it has been a little bit of time. When we
1: get to those albums, I I have a lot of nostalgic memories of of those songs. Very specific to high school experiences and uh, kind of embarrassing, which I kind of love to do. Um, Okay, so So that's good news. So that's the good news. Let's get on to the bad news. So this pandemic was all worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I too, like I've talked about last time, you know, the pandemic. I too. it uh, It made me start an album that I've been wanting to start for like, eight years like i finally started it you know with my my girlfriend and our band sally with brian doherty drumming and and other stuff and our me and dave's old drummer drumming on it and so there's it's not all bad i mean it's most bad but you <laughs> it's what you make of it folks <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay next. so now we're going to do kind of the our about me segment oh, but- So this is also about They Might Be Giants, but I just wanted to use that uh, clip of the theme song because I think it's funny. But guys, friends, we started a YouTube channel. This is big. This is a big deal. Me and Dave have been working on this thing nonstop the past week. Um, I've been editing yes. the videos. Dave's been doing all this art for it and, and giving me feedback on everything. Graphic design, yes. <laughs> Artsy, fartsy bullshit, yeah. you know. Avoiding my real work, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the just really quick, YouTube channel, we're, we're not going to be able to get a custom URL until another few weeks. It takes 30 days, apparently. But it's all news I, to me. I imagine it'll be youtube.com slash don't let's pod or Unless something. That's taken. Right. Yeah, unless it's taken. It's probably not. But just just search for us. Search Don't Let's Start a Podcast. Well, you
2: guys, a hundred of you can subscribe to my YouTube channel that I put one thing on there so that I could take it first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. screw us over. There you go. And, you know, I, of course, have a personal YouTube page that has actually quite a number of They Might Be Giants-related videos on it, and one of them... Uh, Being the next thing I want to talk about with Dave, but uh, just to really wrap this part up, uh, please support our YouTube page. Please subscribe. Please comment because I think that that'll be a fun way to interact with you uh, weirdos. And uh, that Pete Holmes calls his fans weirdos. Like we shouldn't cop that. Um, with you, uh, fans, friends of, fans of They Might Be Giants, friends of us. I
2: like to say well-wishers. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. I'm really proud of the YouTube page. Uh, for anyone confused why there's a YouTube page, it's basically going to be. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like pieces of our show repurposed yeah. for YouTube, uh, with fun pictures and slideshows that I've been working way too hard on, <laughs> spending way too many hours trying to find like the perfect photo for the perfect moment. Sure. And and I'm also planning on putting some deleted stuff from the show. We don't have a ton, but there's some funny little bits and other stuff, stuff from our interviews. You in know, in a while it'll be like cool playlists. There'll be a playlist of all the flood song segments and all that stuff.
2: It's just more avenues to get all your don't let's pod needs.
1: Yeah, I figure there's a lot of fans who like just don't listen to podcasts, and more than that, don't literally seek out. uh, They have to find our show by searching the podcast apps. So YouTube is a way for things to pop up in their face uh, without consent. Dummies. We both said offensive things. Um, So, uh, but speaking of YouTube, I thought this would be funny to talk about. A while back, I put this bizarre thing I found on a VHS tape. I I provided this to the world and it's John Flansberg on a TV show called Snap Judgment from, this was, uh, I think, the early 2000s. Uh, Let's listen to a clip of that. This is a show where this uh, jerk comedian guy uh, makes fun of... Uh, I mean, they say don't punch down. This is the, this is, which I don't. No, no, never. Yeah. That's not funny. (laughs) No, it's never funny. Never has made me laugh ever in my life. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) this show, though, is really breaks all the the rules that people think
2: are are there. Make sure your comedy brings everybody together (laughs) in a meaningful way. (laughs) Yeah. All the time.
1: Yeah, um, but this show is, is someone making fun of people in domestic uh, court disputes, uh, Very, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, a little sad. Well, that seems a little more than punching down. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's kicking also. It's doing, yeah, punching spitting, and spitting kicking down. <laughs> don't spit down.
3: From the rock group They Might Be Giants, John Flansburg is here to weave his version of this love story. John, I have seen many trials in my life, both as a lawyer and a host here. I don't understand what the hell's going on
1: here. Help me. Lionel? Yes. They are all lying.
3: <laughs> they might or must be lying.
1: Yes. Wait, I, I just want to point out, this clip, when he makes the they might be Giants pun to him, they mm-hmm. might be lying, Flansburgh's face falls very tellingly. Tellingly in that it's a, a decades of been getting sick of hearing puns on the band's name, which they've discussed in interviews. What's comical to me and to you as a They Might Be Giants fan is Flansburg's clear discomfort with the premise. But uh, okay, so let's see where he, he's confused about the premise of the show. I believe <laughs> it's right here. As we all are.
4: You know, I, I think there's more going on in the relationship between them. I don't think that the, the reason they're so confused about, uh, about their breakup is because they actually might not have ever really broken up.
3: Or really been together.
4: Well, I think they were really together. I think they were maybe even made for each other.
3: This is about revenge, my friend. Yes. That is yes. the essence of this. See, these cases are never about, really, about the child support payment, whatever it is. It's it's different. It's you broke my heart. You broke up. I'm not done with you yet. Right. How dare you leave my life? I'm going to turn right back around and come back in here. And that's that's really what we're dealing with. Are are these films
4: a matter of public record? Do you have to yes. get permission from these people to show them? Just
3: they are in public court? record, my friend. They are public. The court and the, ju- and the, the judge. The Sixth Amendment says you have the right to a public and a speedy trial.
4: To be videotaped and
3: broadcast right here. So can we hear the name O.J. Simpson? This goes on yeah, every, day your, for that. every day in your every day in your courtrooms in every city. Things like this, opera, human opera. John Flansburg, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are. You know you can download They Might Be Giants' latest full-length MP3 recording long tall weekend at www.goodnoise.com
1: so dave uh, there's there's one more point i want to make about this so this this was created by Liz <laughs> they got sued <laughs> <laughs> this show was created by liz winstead who created okay. the daily show hmm. this is what she did after the daily show and when I posted this on YouTube, uh, someone, I, I forget who, I apologize. Someone had a theory that they might be giants did the theme song, mm-hmm. like maybe uncredited. And if you listen, I it, was
2: trying to hear that when you were playing
1: it. It sounds like them. And it might be the Liz Winstead connection because they did the daily show theme. So she's probably like, sure. oh, want, want to do this like stupid show. So let's, let's check out the theme song for snap judgment. And mm. just, do you think this f- let's fans hear it. and friends do you, fans of They Might Be Giants. Well I, I just want you to know when I say fans, I don't mean of us, I mean of They Might Be Giants. Do you think this is. Enemies of the state. <laughs> do you think this is a They Might Be Giants theme song?
3: Lies! Lies! It's all on Snap Judgment starting now! Welcome to snap judgment the show that's not afraid to lie to your face
1: that linnell keyboard at the end you heard that right well look like that was this like show, linnell's exact keyboard i
2: think the jury is still out
1: that's <laughs> all so i'll say okay let's move on from there if guys if you want to see the john flansberg on snap judgment clip you could uh youtube that and it'll pop right up and and i i was very excited to put an exclusive they might be Giants material on YouTube because you you fans of them have done, have put everything up already. So, the next topic of dis- Well, now that we're an hour and 15 minutes into the show already. <laughs> the next topic of discussion, uh, Dave, there, there are three. Hi, right, Jordan. There are three. Simple rules to living. <laughs> I agree, Jordan. Rule number one. There are three old clips that I had looked for and not found until this past few weeks. And so let's go to our my favorite segment, because mm-hmm. it, it gives me some closure. Can You Find It? Can you find it? Can you find it? There it is. All right. Okay. I'll bite. So the first thing, do you remember back in the day, remember when we talked about shoehorn with teeth? I don't remember anything we've done. Okay. You don't listen to every episode obsessively <laughs> like I do? Um, Please. Enlighten me. When we discussed Shoehorn with Teeth, we were trying to figure out who this narrator in the song was mm-hmm. or who the p- characters in the song were. And I said, I remembered being at a They Might Be Giant show in Central Park that had a lot of children at it. And I remember them saying before this song that it's a good song to play if you want to raise your child to be a Satanist. Do you remember that?
2: I think I actually do, Jordan.
1: Well, let's listen to the clip because I found the actual clip of that and I I couldn't believe it and it was very exciting. So just for context, uh, they were joking throughout the show about being inappropriate for kids because this was not billed as a kid's show, but it's full of little kids (laughs) in the audience. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, you were there. Um, You were a little kid there, I remember. Um, I was seven. It's a little hard to hear, but at at the start of it, Flansburg is saying, check into the mic and Linnell's assuring the audience that Flansburg said, check and not shit. 'Cause it sounds like shit. And then and then here we go. That, wasn't word. that was that was check.
0: <laughs> I think we still have a clean record today.
3: <laughs> Family show. Lots of educational stuff. This next song is a valuable
0: message for uh, people
3: who are raising their children
0: in sickness.
4: <laughs> check it out. <laughs> That was backwards, listen up, a lot of stuff here, if you, uh, or maybe just call 911 right away or social services, go. he wants to shoehorn the kind of a
1: interesting huh yeah (laughs) raising their children and saying this i always wonder when they say these little banters i always wonder if it really is a key to decoding the song or if it's just like a joke you know what i mean i think it's been both but uh so that's that's one clip let's move on very quickly to the next clip i found uh so this isn't really something i was looking for but it's something i definitely wanted to to have remember when we do you remember meaning (laughs) remember when remember one's the lowest form of conversation (laughs) remember when we talked get it it out jordan (laughs) Birdhouse in Your Soul, and we discussed how the intro is quiet, even with theme from Flood. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember. Even with theme from Flood, and then it goes into the the intro for Birdhouse, and then the album gets loud. So yeah. they did like a double trick. Mm-hmm. I found a clip of them discussing this on a YouTube nice. video that popped up like a month ago, which I couldn't believe. It was an interview with them that I think maybe got delayed putting up on YouTube because of the pandemic or something. Okay. But let's check that out and then let's, let's talk about it a little bit. There
4: is um, a really old fashioned trick that we utilize on the Birdhouse in Your Soul uh, mastering, which is we made the intro much quieter than when the beat starts. It actually is volumetrically much lower Really? Yeah, and it and like when the beat starts, it gets
5: yeah. If we didn't. I don't, very like, loud. I, don't think, I don't think. we invent that. But it was. A, Elvis it was a, Costello had a, it had was a, a, yeah. a famous album yeah. that began that way. But it's a you very. Know, perp-
4: yeah. It was a very purposeful thing yeah. to sort of like it go. Actually, gets into the song long enough that people might actually be sort of adjusting their. That's right. Yeah. I think
5: actually that was the that was the mistake Elvis Costello made <laughs> yeah. was too short on the quiet. You yeah, Should have yeah. waited longer and then people would turn up there. Elvis, call us, we can help you with that. Little tip, just a little advice.
1: (laughs) So Dave, I spent a lot of time today trying to find out what Elvis Costello album that was because it doesn't come up if you just Google, did he do Mm -hmm. this? I am pretty positive that it is the song, No Action, track one. Off of his album, this, this is actually a very good album. I've listened to a bunch of his early mm-hmm. albums. Uh, off of this year's model from 1978, but as they say, it is a very, very brief trick. Uh, okay. almost not a trick. Almost but I, I listen to talking about. <laughs> Go ahead. I, <laughs> I listened to very few things today. Is worth talking about just in life. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but <laughs> but I listened to every track one on every Elvis Costello album from before Flood. Mm-hmm. And so check this out. Do you yeah, think do hear. you think this is what they're talking about? I don't want to
0: kiss you, I don't want to touch I don't want to see you cause I don't miss you that much
2: Yeah,
1: they really I mean, there's certainly a sonic difference there There's a sonic difference Yeah, it's cool So, okay, so that was that was fun That would have been great in our Birdhouse episode, right? Can I you mean, tell how bitter I'm saying that?
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say explicitly you fucked up yet again But, yeah. you yeah. know, you fill in the blanks <laughs> No, that's cool and it's, um, it's always interesting to see hmm. what builds on what yeah that flood uh you know trick would have happened if lands wasn't this huge elvis costello fan the third clip and
1: final that i yeah and final forever clip that i found there's actually more stuff that i'm saving for the future it's too much
2: show folks too it's too- literally
1: too much show is remember we discussed in particle man that was a very a lengthy segment about particle man maybe, maybe a, i'd say a top moment for the show I, I, I were
2: to say maybe too much.
1: May, <laughs> maybe no, too, I think I think far. not enough. But um, we talked about how the inspiration for Particle Man was Robert Mitchum and his triangle body, triangle shaped <laughs> torso. Yeah. I knew that. I heard Linnell say it with yeah. his own words, as opposed to reading about it on the wiki or wherever. Uh, and it popped up literally a week after we put the, that episode out. It popped up in my research. That must
2: be gratifying and
1: infuriating. It's not even gratifying. It oh, just, okay. just
2: sucks. A little glass half empty
1: guy. All right. <laughs> um, if it's coffee, yeah. But uh, because I drink it all. Anyway, I had- cof- I got it. <laughs> I'm having coffee again, people. I, but the doctor uh, said I could. Doctors be damned. That's <laughs> what I say. Um, so anyway, let's listen to Linnell discussing this. This was at Mercury Lounge, uh, March 28th, 1996- Get that down in the history books, <laughs> when people. When shows still happened. When shows happened. And the Mercury Lounge, a venue I've never been to, but I have deep nostalgia for because of listening to bootlegs back in the 90s. Oh, I've been there. It's very strange. Uh, see I've seen a couple shows there, I can almost see it in my mind's eye, but I've never been good inside. Venue. So let's listen to L- Linnell. I've Disney. been everywhere, man. Uh, rare. This is also, I want to point this out. This is extremely rare. Istanbul and Particle Man and Birdhouse, they almost never say anything about live. Like, they just play it, because they're like, yeah, everyone wants to hear the song. So but this is Linnell in a chatty mood about their most right. like popular song ever.
5: Okay, um, this song is called Particle Man, and people... Uh, sometimes they wonder what this song's about, and I didn't really make up my mind about it myself, but one of the essential things about this song is that the triangle represents the shape of Robert Mitchum's body. <laughs> if you ever saw like Night of the Hunter or one of those movies, he's like, he's a triangle. That's just my personal, I know there's a lot of interpretations of this one, that's fine. Okay, here we go.
1: So that's an amazing, uh, God, if he talked like that about all the songs, that's, that's really interesting and it's hilarious. And as we discussed in the episode, it, I'm pretty positive it's about Cape Fear and not uh, Night of the Hunter because he doesn't take his shirt off in Night of the Hunter because he's like extremely religious character. Right. I think it's a sin to take your shirt off or something. It's, it's not as sexy a movie. No, it's not. just To Jordan. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about like terrorizing little children, whereas Cape Fear is about terrorizing a whole family. Right and uh, you know why settle
2: for less? (laughs) So I think having a triangle shaped body is pretty good,
1: and that's a good shape. That's a good shape. Well, it depends which way the triangles. Oh yeah,
2: that's is it an upside down? That goes without saying. Yeah, the point should be on the bottom.
1: The point should be on the bottom. And I
2: think that's true for everything in life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, Dave. Those were the clips that we missed. That should be the name of the segment. There it is. Okay, so what is this episode now? This episode is going to be Grab Bag number 2, the sequel, the sequel nobody wanted. All righty. Except me. Grab Bag is when we grab <laughs> a from a bag of rare Keep going, baby. They might be giant songs that don't have a home. In my opinion, they don't have a home. They're not either, they're not released or they're released in such a discreet way as to barely be released. They're
2: neither fish nor fowl. I'm
1: still trying to decide what exactly meets this criteria, mm-hmm. but I have some very specific ideas, but, but these songs in this episode and in future grab bags, and we're not gonna say what they are in the description so that it's a surprise, uh, which is good for our uh, views. <laughs> Yeah. Um, (laughs) These songs uh, are random fun They might be giant songs that I think there's a lot to say about And they're from all eras, all the years, which is fun And the first few are going to be new They might be giant songs Because I figure, Dave, we should keep up with the, the kids We should keep up with the modern times Why are we stuck in the past?
2: This first one might find a home somewhere, right? It might, it might, but so I have a feeling. Be preemptive.
1: I have a feeling that it won't. But so we'll, let's we'll assume it won't. That.
2: And the first song is "Who Are the Electors." Who
1: are the electors?
0: They're the ones who elect the ones that you vote for. Who will vote in your staff? choice you give them your trust but it's up to them and not up to us
1: we're only the voters they are the electors okay let, let's just give a little context this was something they might be giants were hired to do by cnn mm-hmm. uh for a, a special report uh, on controversy inside the electoral co- <laughs> you yeah. can tell how uh, I'm such a news, news junkie yeah. inside the electoral college let's listen to just a little a little preview of that oh, just no. for really? context okay All right, Hillary Clinton ahead but she's still losing the election the
2: person with the most votes can lose and sometimes does the electoral college and your pick for
1: president this gets really interesting really complicated CNN special report count on controversy Saturday at 10 <laughs> really interesting, really complicated. Two opposing ideas. Okay, so there's a lot, there's actually a lot to talk about here. There's the music, there's the context. Yeah, the history of
2: politics in our country. There's the
1: entire, uh, we're going to sum that Which up is for Which the you. next two
2: hours, so buckle in.
1: <laughs> okay, so first of all, I, I just have one question is, is this CNN special for children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think I you think know
2: what I, I mean. I think it's for people that need to be treated like children.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's funny because I'm not. I don't want. I'm not trying to say they shouldn't do this or whatever. But when I watched the video of it, I was like, "This is looks like it's for little babies. This is like a little which Sesame Street helpful. thing." <laughs> yeah,
2: I gotta say. Um, I was like, oh, oh I, yeah. finally, someone broke this down for me."
1: Yeah, I just thought it was weird because it's like I, I do think there's and this this sort of happened with ABC with Brave New World, which we're gonna get into yeah, in a yeah. future episode. I have a lot about that, but. um good point there it's like that you didn't
2: make yet i'm just reading your mind (laughs) go ahead sorry
1: (laughs) there's just a strange trend where where it's like do you think someone the producers of a show being a fan of they might be giants like just because you're a fan of they might be giants doesn't mean that like makes sense for you to get them to do a a cute song on your serious political show so I feel like right. in, in this case, like some CNN guys, like they might be giants. I love them. Let's have them do. They did the Daily Show and they did other stuff.
2: Or they might just be looking at more of their, you know, science album yeah. work, kind of stuff that's more explanatory because you could get them to do like, you know, an an album type just track. Wave, about.
1: A, wave a couple bucks in front of their faces. <laughs> yeah.
2: But you know what I mean? Like it's the the aesthetic didn't have to be so it could have been a, something a little more, you know. Sophisticated.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. So that, that was my first question. Is it, the special for children? Um when did they do this? I assume this is pre-pandemic, but I have no idea. I thought hmm. that was an interesting uh thing to I think don't know, about.
2: I know the way how they churn this stuff out. It's very could have been done yesterday.
1: It's very polished. It sounds like almost like an album quality yeah. song. Uh almost. It's a little it's a little um straight in the production. It's there's nothing too crazy. So another topic is just and and this is actually, this is sort of a Can You Find It uh, segment, too, because th- there's this uh, thing that I found of Linnell once again discussing your racist friend and politics and music. And it's from, this is from recent, mm-hmm. um, I think, like last year. And uh, because he talks about Trump a bit uh, at parts. Mm-hmm. Here's just a clip of Linnell once again talking about political lyrics, which mm-hmm. I thought is funny and interesting in the context of this song.
5: I remember at, there was a time when... I was sort of alarmed that John Flansburgh had written this song called uh, Your Racist Friend oh, yeah. because it seemed to me that at the time that it was such a, in a way sort of an obvious thing to say racism is bad. Not that that's what he was saying in the song. Mm. It was more like a story song about this position you're in when, when somebody you know has a friend who's a racist and then you're in this social situation. And it's just more about this very personal, awkward thing, but it was enough of a political sort of thrust that I was concerned that we were moving into an area of like just saying blunt things we're artists. We're trying to express an artistic, you know, an idea. You leave the pontificating and, you know, and the punditry to the people who are writing prose pieces in the newspaper. And they're certainly way better at it. They're much more eloquent than we could ever be. We're just kind of, I would say, reaching for something that might be almost out of reach, that's in the realm of the imagination and expression and those kinds of things. And that's where we're at. And then, you know, there are politics, can creep into it, but in I think mostly in a tangential way, and it, it isn't really our part to sort of get into this straightforward polemic. You know, that's not that's not what we're doing.
1: I mean, first of all, I know that this is an assigned song that CNN paid them to do, <laughs> so that quote is a, is mainly Linnell talking about their albums, I believe, yeah. their r- artistic pursuits. But I still think it's kind of interesting that um, he seems very. Um, passionate. I I love what he says about how they reach, they're reaching for something that you can't quite you know, express and that's how I feel about the song lyrics too. Um, And all my favorite song lyrics are like that.
2: I assume he's also not talking about Flansburg posting on social media. You know, he's saying like we don't want to like directly comment on stuff, but you know, Flansburg does a lot, which is fine. It's not like you can't yeah, have yeah. opinions. It's just funny that juxtaposition. I can't.
1: I don't know how. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I wonder if Linnell and Flansburg ever have a discussion about that. If Lanell's like, can we just like, you know, pump the brakes a little or.
1: I, I have know. wondered that too. Doesn't, We're, I don't mind it. You know, yeah. Whatever. We're going to dig more into that in a little bit. But go on. Well, so I guess my point in playing that clip is also that this song doesn't, tell you what to think or how to feel mm-hmm. it's very factual but i do think yeah. there's there's a few little implications oh yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe you wrong. yeah you want to go go into that dave
2: i assume you're talking about the line we're just the voters
1: yeah we're only the voters <laughs> here's the, the lyrics voters. i got up here on my magic
2: screen that is a funny uh, way to sort of subliminally take a little dig at the electoral college i think yeah i could be wrong i
1: think it's clearly there uh, but I also think it's it's um, passive enough to mm-hmm. not ruffle any feathers or or anything. Um, and you know,
2: possibly a legitimate point too.
1: Yeah. Well, so here's be made my only th- the only thing I'm going to say politically about this because I'm no expert on the uh, electoral college. Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> this might annoy people. Mm-hmm. I feel that when your person wins, yeah. you're like, yay, electoral college. Sure. And if your person loses and let's say it's very close, like in these, in these situations, yeah. you're like, boo, electoral college. Right. I think if the results were what you want, you wouldn't be trying to uh, change the system as much. Uh, and I think that's because people are very self-absorbed in their own uh, interests rather than fairness. In my opinion, this is my observation of everyone I see all the time on the internet lately.
2: I'm glad you brought that up, Jordan, because a <laughs> yeah. point I was going to make was... The elections of 1876, 1888, 2000 and 2016 produced an electoral college winner who did not receive at least Mm. a hold on. I can't read my handwriting. (laughs) Wait, you're reading this from something? (laughs) Purity of the nationwide popular vote. Yeah. Which I think, you know, is an excellent point that I just made.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I, I still think I still think people just gravitate towards like what's gonna make me win, what's gonna what's gonna make my side win, um, but that doesn't mean that people don't have points that are valid. I just it's
2: funny. I can see how the electoral college like yeah. does safeguard against smaller states not having mm-hmm, exactly. as much of a voice. That is but important. I also see how it makes the popular vote useless. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't know. Very important in our lifetimes in two elections. That's right. So I remember. It's really strange. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, old, what's
2: his name? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get to win.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Back that, to you, Jordan. That was a shame. So okay, so that I was was dreading that a bit, but we got through it. <laughs> um, and let's so let's talk about the music in this song. the song. Music's great. The music's yeah. So I I'll say this: the chorus. They're the ones who we like. I feel like I've heard that from a Linnell tunes quite a bit, that kind of, that way that he sings that. Something that was unique, though, is is I thought those those the verses are fantastic. Check out what's going on in the guitar. This can only be Dan Miller uh, based on the style, but I, I really like what's going on in the song and the arrangement.
0: In Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution Framers spelled out how the chief executive is chosen. They laid out the rules for elections. They wanted a system that would be free from corruption. The winner would be chosen by an unaligned delegation without partisan
1: affiliation. That's like so great, this <laughs> cr- piano, bass, guitar, interplay. If this had different lyrics mm-hmm. and was on an album, I think it would grow. Yeah. I think it would really grow on me. Sure. And I I, I was wondering if, if you thought that, Dave, like, what if this didn't have those lyrics? Like, do you right. think you'd like this as a song on an album? Or do you think it'd be a little like, oh, this is kind of boilerplate or whatever? Well, when
2: I heard it, I was like, God damn, the music <laughs> is so good. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, a topic that I don't have a lot of interest in, mm-hmm. I mean, just being honest. But I think that's the point. I mean, I think it's supposed to be a little bit sterile and just more informative the way some of their science songs are, say, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish it was about something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what are you going to do?
1: I think it's an interesting thought experiment. Like, what what, what do you, you guys, uh, if people listening, do you would you like this song a lot if it was on an album and was about, you know, like a fucking getting decapitated or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Or whatever the fuck <laughs> or coffee or whatever? Um, yeah, the harmonies are really great. Um, the, the guitar interplay is, it's a great Linnellian melody, the, right. the you know, that's so classic. That them. little riff right there reminds me of uh, um, the one
2: before that. Reminds me of Andrew <laughs> Bird. <laughs>
1: yeah, am <laughs> sorry.
2: I'll finish one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me of Andrew Bird can sing. Yeah. God,
1: yeah. yes. <laughs>
2: Very like sixties rock, you know. Yeah, it's you know, and I seventies. I don't know when that came out. <laughs> Probably <60s. laughs> And
1: your bird could sing the
2: sixties. Yeah. Last year, I don't know.
1: <laughs> One last point about this song is I think it's funny when it's a song like this, and the for the final chorus, the drums and bass cut out as if it's an emotional uh, yeah. <laughs> moment. So let's let's listen to the how the song kind of wraps up. They
0: are the electors of 538. They are the electors. Giving
1: smaller states extra
2: weight. Oh. <laughs> I know, like literally singing statistics.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it is what imp- he like just said. It is important to give smaller states extra weight.
2: Well, in that next line, he is trying to put some uh, emotion into it. We give them their trust. You know, yeah, it's the, up to them, a, not you.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a subtle emotional thread throughout mm. it. Uh, but it's also comical how yeah. the music gets really like ethereal and pretty. And he's saying like he's <laughs> he's saying data, cold, hard data. <laughs> Someone did mention uh, just like, oh, I don't want like New York and California, like deciding every election like the other states. Why matter, not? Too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want it. I mean, we're the best. So that was we are the electors i I like uh that we're doing new, they might be giant songs. It's exciting because i feel very i feel very with it I feel very with the times
2: uh, we would be remiss though if we didn't mention the schoolhouse rock uh influence on this that's
1: a great point yeah this is this is very schoolhouse rock inspired I can only assume because they really had the monopoly on a uh, educational song. this songs. kind of stuff <laughs> yeah and now I'll, I'll find a clip that matches it really well dave just gave me more work but that's okay because this is what i live for
2: the folks who
0: wrote our constitution <laughs> had the idea for this plan and it's been used in our elections since our government began When you pull down all my levers for the person of your choice, you're also choosing state electors who will have the final voice. They're called the Electoral College, and they'll meet to stipulate who the voters have selected to be the winner in each state.
2: Well, the video is definitely supposed to be a, you know, schoolhouse rock kind of animation. Do you want to talk about the video at all? I I thought
1: it was a little, little bland personally.
2: I just thought it was supposed to be an homage (laughs) to Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. And again, like you said, there's probably very little educational cartoon. I mean, I think it's a funny jumping off point for them, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, with their obsession with nostalgia and stuff that they had, you know, in their brain as they grew up. Mm -hmm. So I like that they at least put that kind of cultural historical context Mm -hmm. with the song. Yes. Like it could have just been, you know, like new news clips or just like something really (laughs) sterile. Yeah. Um but they put it in kind of this uh this context of like what their influences are.
1: Yeah, well that's that's a that's a beautiful statement. Uh let's move on to the next what what's the next song in the grab bag? We're going backwards a few months to another new song that they put out kind of totally randomly called Social Media. I
0: have lots of opinions.
4: I want to share them on social media. They have good-
0: but I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear
4: it I've been walking around in this crazy cloud Trying to clear my head and
0: ignore the crowd But now that I see that I'm all alone I am
1: free,
0: I am free I can pretend all day that I'm free
1: Social media, <laughs> that's something on to everyone's On social media? <laughs> uh, on social media, <laughs> Uh, Dave you seem you look like you have something to say I just was squirming during that song
2: song really encapsulates what social media is all about I mean it's kind of perfectly stated Mm.
1: it does it in a not super obvious way I actually had to read the lyrics a few times to be like wait the narrator
2: okay so but the tension too like even the way the song is structured makes you stressed out yeah
1: I'm so that's so funny you notice this too um I, I wanted to talk about the how this song is very strange structurally for a "They Might Be Giants" song. It's not as um, verse-chorus-verse-chorus. Verse, chorus. Mm. Uh, it's very chaotic. It's very unpredictable, and it really captures like scrolling through a Twitter feed um, musically. To me, it's
2: <laughs> like all the steps of uh, that you feel while you're looking at social media.
1: Yeah. So let's let's try to um, figure out what this narrator from my reading of the lyrics. It seems like it's about someone who wants to remain ignorant because he doesn't like being corrected by people who have facts on social media, right? Well,
2: every so everyone,
1: right? <laughs> like, yes.
2: Is I think it, this is about
1: the average social media user. But it's about someone who's so in the in the song he's not using social media. This is why I thought I thought it was a little weird. He's not using social media. He's like avoiding it because he doesn't want to be confronted with mm. a debate which I can also understand because I hate when I just post a thing and then people start disagreeing. Well, I think it,
2: I mean, maybe I read it wrong. I think at one, at a certain point, he's avoiding it. Let's look at the lyrics. Or this person. He
1: goes, I I want to share them on social media. And then he says, he's like, I don't want to share them on internet platforms. I got lots on my mind, but I think that I'm shy because I don't want to be shut down. So I think he's avoiding social media, right?
2: It's possible. I I still think it's a little unclear if you... or this person rather took the plunge or not.
1: Do you think this, see, this is a thing I think a lot of people do, me included, guilty, which is go, I don't go on Twitter that much. But it's like, yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I'll say that I I haven't been on Twitter in a week, but in that week there's maybe three days where I scrolled through Twitter a little. So it's like a lie. It's like when you say, oh, I'm on a diet, but you keep cheating on the diet, but you're still on the diet. So yeah, I think this, this narrator is interesting. Um I want to talk about the sound of the song a bit. I thought it was a little weird mix, mm-hmm. uh not to be whatever, but uh his voice sounds like muffled, not as bright and d- upfront as usual. Like there's not as much what they would say compression. Mm-hmm. Um they're not as like Is that how they say it? Bla- blasting in your uh ears like it's a little more which I actually prefer this it's a little more natural Maybe dynamics of the voice voices yeah almost like they did it really fast or something it's it's weird sounds fast because to me it sounds like a home demo but they apparently went to this fancy studio mm-hmm. and did this which is strange also I want to talk about that I don't even know if it's a verse or what the second part of the song mm-hmm. where this little Linnell keyboard part comes yeah. in I
4: the spectacular views, but I don't wanna share them my internet got on internet platforms. The likes of my mama, but I think that I'm shy, cause I
0: don't wanna be by people
1: with a full of hits up. That really reminded me of like a Nintendo game or something. <laughs> it kinda of reminded me of like the little Nemo uh Nintendo game soundtrack, which is very specific. Or maybe DuckTales. I was actually scrolling through stuff to, well, try that to octave. Find- yeah. Doo, doo. yeah. It's very cute. And but also I, the boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, I did find a, a, a bunch of, a handful of things of Flansburg kind of discussing social media way back in the day, mm-hmm. in the 90s. Um, here's here's a funny clip when AOL was new. Remember that, Dave? No. Actually, no. Yeah, I'm the one who had the <laughs> computer and all that stuff. Dave, Dave, it's funny to talk about social media with Dave because he's as not plugged in as you can imagine, which is a good quality.
2: I try. I mean, it's really hard not to. We really... I mean, you're kind of left in the dust. If you
1: yeah, know. but compared to most people, Dave is like, you know, so not a part of what's going on. Like I'll mention, like, did you hear about this scandal on Twitter? And Dave has no idea. But, I don't need to know. Which is good because no <laughs> I mean, one should know this shit. I mean, I have a lot of opinions about I have a lot social of opinions. <laughs> media, too, but I feel like I should keep most of them to myself. But I just um, think
2: our brains aren't designed to retain this much information in, they're a, not. in a 24-hour period.
1: They're not. They're you know, not. this
2: news cycle is, I I don't know.
1: Or not even news, but just, like, I here's a good example. I know I was going to play clips, but here's a good example. Like, I had to really stop looking at a certain people on Twitter because they're people that, like, let's say this is just about movie opinions, right? Opinions about movies. Something benign. So it's, yeah, so it's like... I'll follow people who I actually agree with very strongly on most things, but what they'll do, and I'm thinking of a very specific uh, person here, what they'll do is they'll retweet dumb opinions to make fun of them. Mm -hmm. But just seeing the dumb opinions is frustrating. And it makes me like... It doesn't ruin my day, but it kind of like puts me in a, it's like wasted energy. I'm like, why am I getting mad that a random person thinks my favorite movie is stupid? Like, I don't need to know that or think about that. Well,
2: that's why I started backing off of it a lot. Because I noticed like it would be one of the first things I do in the morning. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, it wakes you up. It's like coffee. (laughs) And you look at something that elicits a feeling and then that sets and it colors the tone of your day. It really does. It really does. And that's a very
1: destructive pattern mm-hmm. to repeat over and over again. One of the reasons we do this podcast, it's just it's like a nice thing to put out there. To bring a bright light into your stupid world. It's, it's something more productive than arguing about these songs online with other people. Um, as fun as that can be, but things tend to get personal really fast. Like I've, I've left almost every Facebook group I've ever been in because I got into fights. Well, the problem
2: is no meaningful discussion should be done over computer screens. There are very good discussions to be had. They should be done face-to-face where you can feel out the person's mood and energy and intonation a little better, Mm -hmm. not just behind a cold screen. Yeah. All of that gets lost in translation.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like me and Dave could just talk about this topic for a very long time. It'll probably come up here and there, but let's listen to this clip of Flansberg. This is right when social media was new and it's him, you know, it's one of the first mentions of it I could find in the terms of the TMBG world. And this is kind of funny. He talks about AOL. So.
4: For some for some reason I got a uh, I got a gift backstage at, before, at the beginning of the before the show and in the letter the person said that there's somebody going on AOL claiming that they're me, which I guess is like not an uncommon thing these days for people to go to you know to fake that there's somebody else on the internet. But evidently uh, I I don't get AOL I don't I don't 9X, I, I don't do any of that stuff. But um but uh. Evidently, the person who's spelling my name wrong. <laughs> I thought I was just, I was just going incognito. But, but, um, it's not me. I don't talk to people.
1: So I thought that was funny, because this, this kind of sets up Flansberg's, like, this narrator in the song, distrustful mm. of, of other what other people say on social media. I also thought, so this is another thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, and this might be also something people disagree with, I don't know. Um, I feel like this song, it's like, it's almost like petty revenge on someone that annoyed Flansburg on Facebook or something. Yeah, could be. And something I've noticed, which is is not a trend that I like, even though I do think I like this song, it's fun. But like, I've noticed a bunch of writers and other people I'm a fan of are like really letting Twitter bleed into their work too much. Mm. I, I won't name names, but I've talked about it with Dave and other people before. But like, I've read a few new like books, like comics and other things where I'm like, are you just, like, doing a Twitter rant as your comic book or your, your song or whatever? And it's like, it's not, I don't think that's healthy or good. I feel like things should be, like, kind of, well, it's funny because, I mean, Twitter is important because it's, like, changing the world. Yeah. But I feel like using it as inspiration is kind of, like, it just gives me a bad feeling. It just makes me feel exhausted and cranky.
2: I mean, that's another reason why I try to keep social media out of my life. Or at a minimum, you know, at a healthy minimum as much as possible, because it does bleed into your creativity. Yeah. And it's not a good source of creativity no, no. at all. Like a source of creativity should be, you know, I don't know how else to put it, but the natural world.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, go outside and observe real things.
2: Right. Your reality, your life <laughs> yeah. and your, uh, your life experience. And there's a, as we've just said, there's a bit of a disconnect through computers where there is a... False reality. There's a manufactured reality that may not be what is actually out there. It kind of ties into the same way that, you know, let's say, I mean, Jordan, you know, like if you're trying to write a song or, you know, anything you're trying to do, you don't want to be too influenced by things in general. If you're trying to write a song, you don't want to listen to too much They Might Be Giants and make it sound like another They Might Be Giants song. So, you know, if you're plunged into this world of Twitter... (laughs) And that's all you're experiencing day and night. Then that's where your brain's creativity is heading. Yeah. And it's not going to be very uh,
1: good. Yeah. There's this new, uh, it's like, I guess you'd call it a graphic novel or whatever. There's a new comic I read, you know, a few hundred pages or whatever, but it was like the protagonist was just like a Twitter person and it was so irritating. And I'm just like, I don't want to
2: read this. Well, I also think it's very of a time too. I don't think it's going to age well. No, it's not. So, I mean, it's just my opinion. I'm sure there's good stuff out there, Mm -hmm. you know, inspired by that. You kind of want to have stuff that's a little broader and not just so of the moment. It depends on what you're going for. I mean, it's not like a South Park thing, you know, where it's like a weekly... Here's what happened this week, and then it's and, yeah. And it's done. S- South
1: Park is kind of they seem self aware of how somewhat this will sound mean of how disposable their episodes are.
2: Right, but They're they, they kind of like it that way. well will like, make... next week this isn't going to be important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you have a, if, I mean, if you have a graphic novel that was like talking about something that bothered you on Twitter five years ago, I don't know how well that's going to translate. It's not even
1: that it's a specific or
2: a, a more universal theme, maybe. Yeah,
1: it's more the tone of these things I'm seeing, where I'm just like. I just read something and I'm like, get off Twitter, man. Like, come on. Like there's a there's a couple TV shows too where I'm like, I can tell the creator the showrunners or the writers are like on Twitter too much from the from just from the dialogue and from the plots. I'm just like, just get off Twitter, stop interacting. And I've what's also annoying is like I follow so many people I'm a fan of and I've eventually muted or unfollowed all of them because they're obnoxious assholes on Twitter. And I'm not, you know, I'm not even talking specifically about anything political, but I'm just like, I don't want to see my favorite writer being a dick like that in my face. Never
2: meet your heroes.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, no, I don't even think, I'm sure in person, they're very nice. It's more that Twitter mm. turns people into rage monsters. Well,
2: I even like that you dragged me into Twitter more because <laughs> we have yeah, this podcast. Though let me say, we love all of you guys.
1: Like a few months ago, I got into a little spat with someone we both know about a TV show. And I was getting so tense throughout the day as it continued. And I'd be starting to be afraid to check my Twitter notifications. And this happens on Facebook, too and uh it's really a horrible feeling and i'm sure some people like it's no big deal but i i have certain anxiety about like getting into arguments i don't want to argue with anyone except dave cuz he gets his his face gets so red but um and then also it's the other bad thing i, I think we should move on from no, this, to uh, one more point uh the other thing is, like, uh, there are friends I used to have that I haven't spoken to in like fifteen years, except for them arguing with me on Facebook or Instagram, and I'm just like, that's so shitty. Like, if I if I'm gonna talk to someone I haven't talked to in fifteen years, I want it to be like a nice exchange, not like, why did you say that about that thing? You know what I mean? I wanted to also just talk about the concept of the song, like, why do you why do you think they put this song out? What is like the you think there's a reason?
2: I don't know. I think they were just Maybe Flans was just bothered by it. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's a good summation of the frustration with social media. I mean, look, Jordan, like everything in life, it's a double-edged sword.
1: (laughs) There's definitely good things that have happened from Twitter. Like I found like missing children and stuff. I mean, that's good. You take the good, you take the bad.
2: I mean, you need it because it's it's this is the world we live in. We have to be connected in this way. But I guess my point is you just need a little bit of balance in your life, right? Maybe look
1: at Twitter twice a day. I said like it that's even too and much. forget it. Because it's not good to look at it in the morning, like we said, and it's not good to look at it before bed because you sleep worse. I, so. I can't tell you people how to live your lives. Figure it out yourselves. <laughs> yeah. My recommendation based on a lot of – I actually read a lot about this. I've read books about this shit. But, I mean, we shouldn't, like, need just people at, tell us. <laughs> like, But we do because we're all a bunch of little babies. I, we not, can't control ourselves. I'm not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> not. All right. Let's move on. No. <laughs>
2: Jordan, I want to get your opinion of this. The way this song ends, where it's like kind of those couple hits in a row and and it has
1: pauses and stuff. Yes, I love that ending. It's funny.
2: Don't you think, I was thinking of this today, it would be a perfect um, lead back into doing the first verse again. So it's like repeating the whole cycle (laughs) all over again.
1: Yeah. That would be good.
2: If I was the producer of this song, I'd say, hey, try this, fellas.
1: Just about the song. I, I like it. I think it could have gone another, you know, another minute or whatever. Put the first, it, it's repeat a fun, the first verse. Though, though I actually wanted to pose this to you. I know we were about to move on. Do you think this is album worthy? Or do you think it's in, in exactly the right? <laughs> <album worthy. laughs> or is it exactly the right context, which is here's a song we're sending to people online, which is appropriate, but.
2: I think it's really good as an online song for sure. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I don't think I'd be happy if it was on an album because it would take me out of that that TMBG surreal world where there's death, no, no social media, death and monsters. Yeah, Does I kind of exist. I like I like when their albums aren't aren't referring to current things in that yeah. way. I like when it's a little more. I don't like, like when
2: anything refers to something yeah, current.
1: Exactly, that's kind of what we were saying before. Yeah.
2: Timeless. I also wouldn't want an album because I've heard it already. So.
1: Well, that's a whole other, we're going to get to that when we talk about uh, (laughs) future albums. So now we're going to go to the past for the next Grab Bag song, which will be a surprise to everyone, including me. Mm -hmm. And I think this is pre-social media, but there might have been just some uh, news groups and stuff starting up. Let's, Dave, let's talk about Feel Good Sublet. Sublet it's the feel good sublet of the
4: summer.
2: The leaseholder
4: left their cigars in the drawer. This place will hold us for one whole summer. Don't use the stove, refrigerator, or door. Feel good sublet of the summer.
1: The leaseholder
4: left their cigars in the drawer. Feel good sublet.
1: This is an adorable little song. It's very cute. Perfect way to describe it. Yeah, it's a good antidote for the social media toxicity that we're waiting in. Yeah, I know. Me too. Dave knows. We've gone, and we we can just talk about this that stuff for a really really long time. But my my blood rushes through the
2: goddamn roof.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Feel good sublet. That's why it's called feel good sublet. It's a feel good song. Okay, what's the context of this song? Um, This was on Dial-A-Song in the 90s. Um, I'm going to guess around John Henry times. This was on tmbg.com slash dial. It was a little Dial-A-Song section of their old website, which had a handful of songs. And they put a bunch of kind of extremely low quality, though compared to the phone, uh, beautiful quality, uh, wave files, just wave files Mm -hmm. of a bunch of songs, a little handful of songs, which we'll, we'll talk about throughout the episodes. And this is one of them, Feel Good Sublet. It's Sublet, mm-hmm. Dave was getting on my case. Sorry, Sublet. S- sublet, Feel Good Sublet. It's yeah. weird to say Sublet. Go on. Anyway, this, this is one of those songs. Um, definitely kind of picked it out of a hat for this, this grab bag, but I wanted to know what Dave thought of it. Don't, I don't know if Dave was aware of the song.
2: Yeah, I was. You, are, you, you was. I was. <laughs> yeah. You gave it to me a mm-hmm. while ago. Yes. Uh, it's a charming little number.
1: right is that safe to say am i allowed to say that yeah it is charming it's 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 cute it's It's very stripped down it's not it's so stripped down there's no not even chords yeah let's talk about this um he's just all right let's have it out man uh, all right hold me back um he's just playing single guitar notes on an acoustic guitar not even an electric not even an electric people that's um, how little respect he has for us. <laughs> uh, this actually reminds me of something Dan Miller, when Dan Miller mm-hmm. m- was my guitar teacher for a, a little under a year. He talked about an interesting technique, which Flansberg is doing here, which is, he he used to say to me, try to sing and play the melody with mm-hmm. your fingers intuitively. And he's mm. like, just practice that. Cause he's like, you'll get really good at knowing where to go with your fingers. And that's kind of what Flansberg is doing, especially mm-hmm. in certain sections of the song. And it, it is something where I'm like, you, sometimes you're kind of a natural at, at that, and sometimes you right. have to really try to do it.
2: Well, I was going to say, it's also uh, a whole skill set to do the opposite of that, too. Oh, my. Don't. <laughs> which is, I'm Whoa. not very good
1: at. Yeah. Well, that's what like a bass player does. And that's and Dave is a bass player and lead vocalist in his band. Yeah. So it's, it's just separating those two parts, your hands from your mouth. Yeah. This is more of a zen merging of yeah, the two. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is kind of yeah. relaxing and fun. And that's kind of what the song is like, is relaxing and fun. So let's, let's talk about the lyrics. Perfect. You, you first.
2: <laughs> I love that he's talking about cigars. Yeah. Flansburg's so, obsessed with cigars. He's smoking two of them on the Monopuff cover.
1: So he says, the leaseholder, I used to not know it said this, by the way, because uh, I couldn't tell. He says, the leaseholder, that's the person who owns the apartment, or not owns. actually, no, I was wrong. Leases? <laughs> it's the person who leases the apartment, <laughs> right. uh, typically, left their cigars in the drawer. And nice. so we know that Flansberg has some sort of... He associates cigars with some sort of... Fat per- cats. Per- yeah, like... <laughs> personality quirk yeah Uh, i was gonna say flaw but it's more like a personality quirk well i think you can't pronounce cigars without pronouncing them cigars (laughs) danny devito made it a little little cameo (laughs) in our podcast No, like in see the constellation like his his vision of a of a winner is someone with a cigar and a lady on his arm
2: it's it's the person i
1: love it's very sinatra (laughs) right
2: you know it sort of like exemplifies a rich person a rich winner
1: yeah, a rich winner, smoking
2: fine cigars.
1: And I feel like it, the implication might be if you're someone who's subletting an apartment, you're you're not a rich winner. You're kind of <laughs> you're what a transient. You're kind of like going from place to place, impermanent, almost like we're the replacements vibe, right? Mm. We put that on YouTube. Everyone, check it out. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, it's funny. The lyrics don't get too deep. The, the, <laughs> this is not one of their complex, complex songs, but I still think there's there's an interesting. There's an interesting vibe going on and, and it's one of those Brooklyny uh, Manhattan songs that I really love from Flansburg because it sounds like an apartment it literally sounds like a guy sure. playing a guitar in his apartment you know so let let's get to the br- bridge or the only verse <laughs> of, <laughs> of this song let's listen to that and talk about it as we do on a podcast the
4: refrigerator or door. Killer Summer chest board missing all of the ponds. Four flights up and find yourself no way. Feel good summer more.
2: I think don't use the stove, refrigerator, or door is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> How are you yeah. supposed to
1: get in? Yeah, I guess. Well, let, let me ask you. Can't use you,
2: anything in this dump.
1: Have you ever subletted or any? Do you have any experience with this phenomenon? I've I've gone to
2: uh, places that were not mine <laughs> where there were specific rules, like you know, don't use the oven or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, like Airbnbs are a lot like that yes. for like specific rules, but um. None of them said, "Don't use the door." <laughs> don't use the door. I assume he means the front door, which is really funny. It is also weird to see like how other people like keep their stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever someone like whenever we had an exterminator come, and I'm just like, "What is he going to think about my posters?" <laughs> the only thing I can think of for, for subletting is is that I once I don't remember the circumstance, but there was someone in, at my college who I was friends with, uh, and he was older, so he was like married and stuff, and he was going on vacation, and he was like. And he I don't know why I, he asked me to, but he's like, do you want to stay in my apartment for a night or two in Manhattan? And I don't know why you would need that. House sitting. House sitting, yeah. But what, what's it, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen to the house? Got lot
2: those plants, man.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it was to feed his cat or something. That's um, important. <laughs> so anyway, I—I sure I, I, I did this. And all I can say is, He had a DVD of Deep Throat, uh, and I watched it. (laughs) Wow. And that was my adventure, (laughs) sort of subletting, not quite, but you know. Okay. I thought you'd enjoy that, Dave. (laughs) It was like handwritten. It was like Deep Throat. It was like, okay, I'll watch Uh, this. How can you not? I watched the movie. It was interesting. Four stars. Thora Birch's uh, mom. Did you know that? Is Deep Throat? Yeah. Something to think about. (laughs) It certainly is. Um, okay, so let's talk about this b- bridge section, verse section. He's saying chessboard. Well, he says killer sublet, which is very like Massachusetts, like killer, <laughs> wicked chessboard missing all of the pawns. Let's talk about chess. Chess, no. Well, I, I can only assume this might be some. He's is he feeling like a pawn? in some sort of weird game doing this, or is it just a joke? Uh, I think it's just observational it's humor. It's just observational humor, yeah. like Seinfeld. Yeah, Four flights up is funny, because that's the right amount, because he didn't go too far. If he said, like, ten flights, you'd be like, all that's right, ridiculous. come on. But four flights is like, oh, that's a little tiring. It's, it's a little too much. much. It's too much. Yeah, a little too much. Feel good summer. Oh, I just want to talk about the title, because I was trying to see if it was some sort of a reference, but when I, when I searched feel good blank of the summer everything that comes up is movie song is like feel oh. good song of the summer so is it a pun on feel good song of the summer
2: nice that's funny i thought i assumed it was feel good movie mm, it's either summer. feel
1: good hit of the summer comes up a lot and feel good song like like that's huh. comes up non-stop it's
2: like, the feel
1: good movie of the summer. <laughs> yeah that's true you do see that a lot i also thought it was interesting yes. that unsupervised i hit my head mentions a sublet i lost my sublet to my friend joe is this the same sublet is joe well we know what joe refers to in that song i think yeah. it's coffee but maybe this feel good sublet guy is joe maybe mm. he took over the sublet this is the this is the story dave i'll buy it i'll buy that for a dollar and then let's listen to the the very end of the song okay if you only sublet one apartment,
2: let it
1: be this
2: one I, I really love that's it. that's a movie thing too if you only see one movie oh you're this right year,
1: if you only see one movie this year you make might sure be it's right. my girl you might be right Dave it's a very cute ending it's yeah. like there's just something there's something really sweet about the I don't know about the melody of, of this song. It's, like, very cute. It's calming. It's a good distinction
2: from social media. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, yeah, I also think Flans... Like, we've said this a lot, but Flansburg really... The fact that he's sitting around just doing these songs... Like, he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no one, you know... He could only focus on writing songs for albums or whatever. Like... Seems clear, like he. This isn't going to be on an album, but this is good for dial a song kind of thing. And and I, I don't know. I, I really, I'm very inspired by that creativity. Like I'm just going to put up a little song now.
2: This is him going to the gym, you know. Yeah, that's right. This is him just practicing his craft.
1: So that was feel good sublet. Uh, I want to know what people think of this song. Do you like the song? This is a good time to say email us at don'tletstartpodcast at gmail dot com. You. And your email may be featured in our letterbox segment, where we respond. And just because a few people have brought it up, I do read them too. <laughs> Dave reads them, and I respond. Dave has responded to a few. Are you going to be the rare person that Dave writes a, a yeah. deep, profound letter to?
2: I mean, you know, step up your game,
1: and I'll respond. <laughs> yeah. And we also we have social media. Uh, Don't let's pod is Twitter, and
2: we have a YouTube page. We do read and appreciate every email. Yes. So thank you
1: guys in advance. We got a few really good ones this week, actually, yeah. that where I'm excited to, to discuss. Let's move on to another rare song. We're going to just reach into this bag, grab bag, and we are going to pull out Mrs. Cinderella.
0: Mrs. Cinderella, please don't pound on my chest. I cannot see you now. I cannot have seen you before when it's turns 12 o'clock. I'll be back by myself and you'll be back in his arms as Mrs. Somebody
1: Else. Mrs. Cinderella. Dave, have you, I am always dying to know. Do you, have, did you know the song? Yeah. Before I sent it to you. Okay. Hold on. I'll <laughs> move
2: closer to the mic. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think you gave me this one a, a while ago.
1: mm it's funny I, I I myself kind of forgot about it. I don't know why. You gave me a
2: CD years ago on my birthday that was like all rare diala songs Oh my stuff. god, I remember that. Yeah. It was and I'm pretty sure this was on it. I well, all right. I'm positive it was on it. I know, I know my own life, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dave's autobiography.
1: I know my own <laughs> life. Um It's one page long. Who are you to judge me? <laughs> well, I I'll just say I I think this is like a really sweet, pretty it little is interesting diddy. song. Um very bizarre. I, I can't tell what the chords are, but there's like this bass, then it, it goes mm-hmm. in unexpected places. It's like, do, do. Like, yeah. it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't know if you have an opinion on it as a bass player, but there, there's something unorthodox it's about those, it. using uh,
2: those notes you don't hear about too often.
1: Yeah. So, Dave, yeah, what, what do you think of the song? What's your... I
2: think we could put this in the category of uh, romantic flan songs, right? Yeah, love, love lost, love labors lost, forlorn flans. Do you like? where would you rank this
1: song? Do you enjoy out of, it? Out of twenty thousand songs? Well, I guess what, sort of what I said. Like, is this like should have been on an album? Is this like? Yeah, hmm. it's a diala song. I don't know.
2: I think it's. I think it works very well in a in the diala song context. It weirdly sure. does. Yeah, because um, it has a little bit of a loneliness that the diala song yeah portrays sometimes
1: i i completely agree with you i think this would have been a a good like maybe a A b-side like a stormy pinkness or but yeah i don't know maybe worked out it could have been on, on an album there there's this feeling of unfinished to it and it's like the way the chords sound um sure and there's this like yeah there's like a sort of sensitive sad feel so let me go into the, my one reference point for this. I don't think this is what Flansburgh is referencing, but I have to go into it a little. Cinderella? When I... Okay, well, he does... Well, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. So when I search Mrs. Cinderella, mm-hmm. there's a something from the 1939 World's Fair, which... Oh,
2: well, there you go. ...put
1: a light bulb in my head. So Mrs. Cinderella was a puppet show put on by General Electric.
2: Oh, Jesus. And it was called <laughs> Mrs.
1: Cinderella, and I have a clip of the puppet show... And we're going to listen to some of it now, but it was about General Electric sh- uh, showing Cinderella now married, uh, you know, or uh, in, in sort, a of, modern woman. sort of a post, yeah, exactly, sort of like post fairy tale. Hmm. And she has all these chores to do because she's a housewife. Are, are you saying this is where the fairy
2: tale ended yeah. and real life began? Here I am, oh
0: Cinderella, and a sadder damoiselle I am sure
5: I've never, ever seen before. But I know about your troubles, and they'll vanish just like bubbles. Tell me more, oh sweet godmother, tell
0: me more. At the root of all your problems are a lot of little goblins, and a cure for them's two letters, G and E. And what are these letters stand for? What do G and E, please, stand
3: for? Why, for general <laughs> electric honeybees. But I
5: hear a distant drumming, for the G.E. elves are coming, and they're all prepared to chase the gnomes away. In a minute, they'll be busy with a speed that leaves one busy. And as I am busy, too, I'll say good day.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's, it's about these goblins that make her life miserable. <laughs> and I can show Dave some images oh, from boy. it here. There's these little goblins or trolls or you, something. You teased
2: that on our Twitter. I teased this. I was like, what the fuck is this?
1: So wait, I'll I'll read a little bit about Mrs. Cinderella. The, uh, the Tatterman Marionette Company. They were marionettes. That's a kind of creepy uh, visual. That's on brand. Led by William Duncan and Ed Mabel. Dave, William Duncan and Ed Mabel. Sorry. Uh, entertained at the 1939 World's Fair and toured the country and performed this show hundreds of times. To Creepy prom- marionette people <laughs> to promote the wonders of electricity. The book follows Cinderella and Prince Charming after they're happily married, but living in a drafty old castle inhabited by little elves who interfere with her. I'm sorry, I called them goblins. That was very yeah, that dude. Was very racist. Is to me. Fucked up. <laughs> who interfere with her daily chores it's a and different thing (laughs) and make her life miserable her fairy godmother appears and insists she that cinderella called ge uh (laughs) they give her a toaster a dishwasher a refrigerator all these modern inventions sounds great the moral of the story i'm reading this now the moral of the story being that ge products to make your life easier and give the housewife added hours of freedom to make a happy home uh so I'll post, or, to, or to get a job. <laughs> I'll post some pictures from this puppet show or, or from there's like an illustration booklet that came with it. Um, it's pretty it's pretty funny. Um, I, I tried to match this up with Flansburg's lyrics and I, I don't think this is where he's going. But it, it is possible he got the title. It seems like something they'd be very interested in is a puppet I, yeah. show, you know, from the 39 World's Fair. I think it checks
2: a lot of boxes. I don't think it's the craziest stretch of a reference we've done on this. Oh,
1: I appreciate that show. There's her with the ovens and the ironing boards. By the way, that looks
2: nothing like Cinderella.
1: So, <laughs> who does it look like?
2: It looks more like uh, the queen. Yeah, you're right. From Snow White. Interesting. It's her outfit again. I have Disney Plus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here she's she's putting the elves into an oven. No, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> And Prince Charming comes in and he's like, what? There's a whole, like, poem about it or whatever. Let's talk about the the lyrics to the actual lyrics. I always found this line very evocative. Mrs. Cinderella, please don't pound on my chest. Yeah, That's like a dramatic... It's
2: like when you grab your lady and she's
1: like, no... Padme I love doing that.
2: <laughs> you know, like a like a type I love Bogart when they say <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah. Well, like a noir thing. It's very noir. It's a it's a it's kind of a kitchen or noir. Kitchen, kitchen sink drama sort of feel. Yeah. Some Padme, is, I have a lyric in one of my favorite songs that I've written. Not to be too Ooh, of a me. narcissist, but um no, I have a lyric in a song No no, go ahead. <laughs> I have a lyric in a song called Settle Down that's one of my favorite lyrics I wrote, which I don't think it was an inspiration from this, but uh, where I say I mention uh, my hands on your wrists, which is like a very. Yeah, that's no good. It really, you know, it (laughs) shows that someone's trying to hit me, uh, though it's not about a personal thing but it shows that someone's like hitting me and I'm like holding their wrist to to control them. And it's like a sad, violent sounding image. And that makes me think of this. Um, so he's saying, don't pound my chest. I cannot see you now. I cannot have seen you before, which to me brings to mind that this is an affair. And he's saying we shouldn't see each other anymore. Do, do you agree?
2: Well, I'm not sure if it was an affair or just uh, a person, you know, that sort of, had two sides to their personality. Oh, interesting. um, Which is sort of where I assume the Cinderella thing was. Like at 12 o'clock, you'll be somebody else.
1: Yeah, um, so we can actually have a a clip at the ready for this. So in in Cinderella, for those who don't know, I don't know if people listening are 15 years old and haven't watched old old movies and stuff. But uh, when it turns 12 o'clock, the the fantasy goes away. So this is is my big interpretation of the song. When it turns 12 o'clock, I'll be back by myself. Okay, so in Cinderella, the fairy godmother make Cinderella look all fancy for mm-hmm. the ball uh, she's usually not fancy and uh, um, sorry, to, sorry to reality <laughs> check man and when it turns she's like the only stipulation is that when it turns Just get mid- your fucking ass out of there before midnight when it turns midnight it all goes all away buns. and it's back to reality
0: it's a beautiful dress did you ever see such a beautiful dress and look glass slippers Why? It's like a dream, a wonderful dream come true. Yes, my child,
3: but like all dreams. Well, I'm afraid this can't last forever. You'll have only till midnight and then night. Oh, thank you. No, 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 just a minute. You must understand, my dear. On the stroke of 12, the spell will be broken and everything will be as it was before
1: lansberg in this lyric says when it turns 12 o'clock i'll be back by myself and you'll be back in his arms yeah as miss this is why i think it's about an affair yeah as mrs somebody else so uh, all i want to say is i think this is a brilliant lyric in the, in the sense that um from the from the cinderella story it's about like the fantasy goes away at 12 o'clock and in, if you apply that to mm-hmm. the lyrics it's like our affair again this is just my view of it our affair where we're so wrapped up and yeah. exciting and all that stuff that fantasy has to go away too. And it's back to reality, back mm-hmm. to the guy that you're with, who maybe you don't want to be with and back to whoever I'm with, who is someone I don't like. <laughs> I just whatever. feel
2: like based, based on other Flan songs about like pining for a woman, I thought it was just, he's imagining that he gets to be this, you know, Prince Charming. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, he doesn't often write from the point of view of the one that's, you know, doing like the illicit thing.
1: Yeah, maybe. He writes know. from the
2: point of view that's like outside of all that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. But, you know,
2: whatever. (laughs) Who cares what I think?
1: (laughs) Oh, one thing I thought was funny is that I looked into, like, the origins of the Cinderella story just to see if anything uh, was interesting. It's, like, apparently it was, like, an extremely disturbing, violent story until, like... Generations. Is that a
2: Grimm's fairy tale? Yeah, it was. It but, like, okay. even
1: before that, it's like apparently centuries and centuries old. Mm. But there's a funny thing on the Wikipedia that made me laugh where I was like scrolling through it. It was like, in the German version, the stepsisters. Oh, say no more. <laughs> in the German version, the stepsisters' eyes get pecked out by birds. <laughs> See, that's why didn't Disney do that? That's an awesome story. They should story. have done that. And there's a picture, there's a little illustration of that. Why are we coddling our youth so much?
2: Instead, you got little fat mice making dresses.
0: Knock down my door You've been around the world And I've been
1: around my block. Mrs. Cinderella, please don't knock down my door. Again, she's pounding things mm. with her fists throughout the song, which I think is an interesting uh, motif.
2: Well, I didn't read this far ahead, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> the song's like less than a minute long. Um, maybe, maybe that uh,
2: negates my theory.:
1: Yeah, you've been around the world, and I've been around my block. So this is this is really interesting. <laughs> I love those lines. It's very um, telling of, like, the narrator's story. Maybe he's just kind of a, a townie. <laughs> he has, like, not really left where he, mm-hmm. he is. Um, and he's jealous of her or he's impressed by her, like, maybe because she lives in a castle with a mm-hmm. prince charming. I guess she's, like, a diplomat or something, like, going yeah. to different places with the prince. I, I never thought about the uh, political. Uh,
2: but it's funny, too, because being around the
1: block uh, when somebody says that it means like your experience. That's right. So it's funny because it means one thing and it yeah. means the it means the opposite of itself in one line. Yeah. I've been around my block in the context of around the world, sounds like you haven't done much, but yeah. but when but the phrase means you have right. done a I've lot, I've been around That's the so block weird. before. That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. See, these dial this is what the thing about them their rare songs is there's like they're so complex pieces of poetry that it's like, how is this just hidden away? It's crazy. Let's listen to the final verse, which I find extremely perplexing, and I want to know what Dave thinks. When I hear you sing when I hear you sing, I hear somebody talk. And when I hear you talk, when I hear you talking, I hear somebody sing, I hear somebody sing. There's a backing Flansburg announcer kind of voice which is such right. a weird thing to do in like a gentle song. It's like startling, but it also works. Like, I don't know why, but it just does. Maybe just, cause I'm used to what they do. This just occurred to me. Does he say I hear somebody sing? That's what I just heard. Wiki, TMBW. First of all, always thank you to TMBW for all the <laughs> having lyrics of all these rare songs and all the other stuff about the songs. But I think but he second says- second of all,
2: get your shit together. I think
1: he says, I hear somebody sing. So I'm, I'm fairly confident that he says, when I hear you sing, mm-hmm. and then the other voice says, when I hear you sing. It's actually very clear if you listen to the other voice, mm-hmm. everyone, you hear the NG sound. So I took the liberty of editing it <laughs> myself Damn. on the wiki. No, you can't stop me. I'll do what I want. So this led me to an interesting idea about the last verse. Well,
2: I'm glad one of us had an idea. Dave, <laughs>
1: yeah, you're, you're, I can tell from your expression.
2: It's not a visual podcast, but I'm shrugging. Dave
1: is they have the big shrug.
2: The Big Shrug. (laughs) It's Um, very confusing.
1: It's just one of those great, clever meta moments in a They Might Be Giants song, because Mm -hmm. he sings, when I hear you sing, then he says, Uh. (laughs) the backup says, when I hear you sing. Then he he sings, I hear somebody talking, and the backup talks, I hear somebody talking, Mm -hmm. not singing. And then it reverses, Mm -hmm. and then he sings, and when I hear you talking, and then the guy the guy it's Flansburg but you know and sort of seems like another guy in the mm-hmm. song and then he sings I hear somebody sing and then he's like I hear somebody sing my point is it's an interesting little game happening with um, singing and not singing I'm and- going
2: to assume that's <laughs> correct because I lost uh, track of you <laughs> about five minutes ago yeah
1: so it's like he's he's pointing out the fact that he's singing and he's also pointing out the backup is pointing out the fact that he's talking because the whole this whole verse these let's say this is a verse because the song structure is kind of strange uh this this whole part of these four lines are they seem to be about the contrast between singing and talking Right, so the, that's the. Yeah. Let's say that's the theme. The theme is singing versus talking. Dawn of Justice. What, but what does it have to do with the song as a yeah. whole? Yeah, so th- this was part two. Is, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I have I, no I was No, I don't have anything. You, oh. You're not sorry. Don't be sorry because you're not interrupting any. You're in, in. There's no thoughts. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea what that has to do with Cinderella unless you want mm-hmm. to point to the fact that Cinderella is a musical in the Disney version.
3: Yeah,
1: um, There is singing and talking in it. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. All, all that <laughs> bullshit. Um, I don't think that would fly today, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just staring at the lyrics.
2: I'm, tr- I'm yeah. trying to get some kind of uh, cap to this.
1: It's funny because if it said, when I hear you say, I hear somebody talking, I, at first I didn't know if that meant someone was saying something. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know if that meant... I hear you say, quote, I hear somebody talking, which furthers the interpretation that it's someone cheating and maybe they're hiding in an alley somewhere, kissing or in a motel, and someone's like, shh, I hear somebody mm. talking. She's about to get caught? Yes, mm. yes. So yeah, that's possible. I think Let's this, just go with that. <laughs> I think this is like they're being paranoid because right. they're, you know, me and my girlfriend, we've been watching a lot of old movies, and something we've noticed compared to new movies, old movies used to be way more about romance romantic comedies romantic dramas couples uh you know like love triangles you know like this seems like out of fashion now like mm-hmm. everything has to have like you know like monsters and superheroes and stuff now <laughs> but like
2: well also it's a like, love triangle is not that big a deal anymore
1: <laughs> it's just, Like people just everyone's just, polyamorous yeah um
2: it's, i mean it's not a scandal you know
1: yeah well these old movies are kind of fun because it's like you get invested in in the feelings of yeah. the people in it, and, it, like, it, you're reminded, oh, it is a big deal in, in a way. But, I mean, me and Dave are both, like, the most ultra-monogamous people ever. Um, to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I'm starting another podcast with <laughs> some dude.
2: I mean, well, the second part of it at least uh, leans into the romance or the lost love aspect of it a little bit. See, I was trying well, to think of, like, uh, well... When you hear someone talking and it's like a sing song happening in your head and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, like their voice is musical and there's birds yeah. and Do you, this all might... that bullshit. But then the first half of that doesn't support that because it's the opposite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So the whole song is it's definitely this like dramatic, painful affair or, or something between two people. I think it yeah. f- could affair mean not cheating. It could just mean we have we're having an affair. I don't not know. anymore. Not anymore. But maybe it used to be, I think. Right. An affair um, to remember. Yeah. Or an affair could just be like a fun time. Like, oh, it was a wonderful affair. <laughs> or were, when people said that, were they talking about cheating and everyone was just like, yeah. ha- like laughing?
2: Everyone was dirtier back then.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, this might be playing off the musical facts. I, it It is hard to say like what it has to do with the story. But I really love that the very They Might Be Giants thing, like sort of like painted on a bridge, but even more sophisticated, I'd say. Right. Mm. Like when I hear you sing, I hear somebody talking and then like you hear somebody talking. Right. No, I got it the it's, first time. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I don't know if you understand. Singing is one thing and talking is another. So this is really interesting. This always, I, I have memories of listening to the dial song bootlegs and this part popping out more than everything else. It's weird. It's a weird way to end the song. And also just to talk about the music a little, it really does interesting timing. It goes like, do, 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 do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah, the the instrumentation, this is another one of those dial songs It's like fully worked out almost like we've got bass, there might be percussion, it's hard to tell, but there's some sort of a guitar or keyboard thing like the yeah, bouncy rhythm, with- synth, yeah. Ah, it's, it's 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 a little gem. It's a little gem I've I've always liked quite a bit. It has this really interesting feel to it. Maybe it's time to
2: brush it off and uh re-record it.
1: I really wish that they would enter a phase of their career much like what I'm constantly doing, which is digging up all my old stuff and trying to brush it off and right. polish it up. Put it to bed. Put it to bed, honestly, yeah. It's a good name for an album. But yeah, this song has a has weird time signature, weird bass notes, weird chord progression. I don't really know what it is. Um, and it's, it's really an interesting arrangement, and it, it's got interesting lyrics. Uh, we, we are fans. We're going to say this right now. We like <laughs> this song. And yeah, do, do you want to move on to the, the big finale Let's of our episode because it's very special to the big reveal. And now we are up to a song that none of you have heard before. Uh, well, I guess one person has the person who gave it to me. <laughs> but right. uh, this is a song that was on YouTube uh, in fairly poor quality. Not that mm. they might Giants fans aren't used to that. Uh, so we are going to talk about our cannibal friends.
4: The DJ was ready, get ready to say goodnight. But there was a shift, a subtle shift. We changed our minds. We locked all the doors in the club here tonight. And we're going to jam until our beers are long and wide.
1: consciousness wow did you enjoy that that's probably going to be a fairly big chunk of the song because it's we want to talk about all the parts to it
2: well you know it's funny speaking of what you were talking about earlier about like should these tracks be on albums or
1: not <laughs> yeah why wasn't this on an album that is the question of the day um because this is a great song I am, this is like one of my favorite They Might Be Giant songs lately. And I've, I've never heard it until this week. Yeah, me neither. Um, so we're, this is a big story. Uh at least you say in it's the, a scoop? In the, yeah, in the context of at least this show, this is a big story. Um, what, what is this? What, okay. <laughs> All right. So in 2007, I, I can even get the, the date here. In June of 2007, They Might Be Giants did a special show. They collaborated with a man named Eric Singer who builds robots.
4: I I kind of just look around me and and get inspired by objects and and think how can I turn this object into a musical instrument. So I started building these strange different kinds of instruments like a slinky or a ball of slime or something like that. The weirder the better just because it's it's unexpected to people, it's it's kind of more interesting. Uh, On the performance side we've worked with Pat Metheny jazz guitarists. They might be giants, pop musicians, electronic music artists like Mort Zabotnik and George Lewis. Mm -hmm. Robots will take over and rule the world. And this is my way of getting on their good side first.
1: He builds musical robots. He probably, I assume if you build musical robots, you build robots for common household things also. But uh, (laughs) why why not? Um, He builds musical robots. Mm -hmm. And somehow they got in touch with each other. Now, I have a theory shared by the person who gave this to me joshua freed did some music with him too our old friend joshua freed joshua freed did so let's listen to this joshua freed did a theme song for something that eric singer was involved in called emergency bot tv theme Mm -hmm. and this is a really cool piece by joshua freed so let's listen to this a bit okay cool, moody theme that you're hearing robots making that music, but Joshua Freed composed it. Okay, so it is possible maybe Joshua Freed is the connection who, mm-hmm. who hooked up They Might Be Giants with, with Eric, or maybe they just separately got involved. So They Might Be Giants did a show with musical robots uh, that Eric created, and they, they did three shows where mm-hmm. they only played a few songs, because I think it's a lot of work to arrange these things, and they did With the Dark, but mm-hmm. only the the ver- the first verses you know okay just the kind of slow nice part
4: we also want to uh thank mr eric singer ladies and gentlemen for organizing this entire event he's in the back right there fortunately he is lit from within so he needs no flashlight he's not holding a flashlight in his hand so uh this first song if if you are ready eric um, if you're not ready point the flashlight at us uh this first song is a brand new song it's uh, uh, it's called With the Dark.
1: They did "Vestibule," which spoiler is one of my favorite. They might be trying to. Oh, really? Yeah, I love it, and it's the only time they did it live, I think. So they did "Vestibule." I'll play a clip of that.
0: Locked inside, it was an accident. Now I'm locked within. Senator Arlen Specter is waiting outside in the car. I am the germ collector. I'm getting paid for every jar. Do 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 do. The intelligence that my skeleton's
1: between doors in the vestibule. I like vestibule. Yeah. Oh, vestibule. <laughs> and they did a song called Our Cannibal Friends that they only played at this show and apparently one other normal show, which no one has a, a recording of. So the robots played some of the instruments on Our Cannibal Friends? Yeah, like the percussion and stuff. Gotcha. You could hear okay. it. It's a little quiet in the mix, and you're hearing plans. We're gonna the guitar. These
2: good robots or evil robots? Will they take
1: over? Or? Yeah, I think they're neutral robots. Okay. They're they're
2: they're just slaves. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's... Okay. So then, how did I get this recording? Because there was a version of our Cannibal Friends on on YouTube, which you can go find, but someone reached out to the podcast and this is the one and the only advantage of having this podcast uh i'll, I'll call him owen because that's the name he gave me he was involved in this show and he did some oh. uh, this show was shot on video with multiple cameras and owen helps with editing some of the video and i think organizing it so he has all these files and he sent it to me being like oh do you want me to send you this and i was like uh uh duh yes and so this is like an incredible soundboard quality recording of a rare They yeah. Might Be Giant song that no one has and that they've never performed again. And, and that kind of also brings us back to, to Dave's point. Like, Me. Why isn't this on an album? It's such a great song. It's so catchy. It's yeah. So damn. This could be a single. Like it's so catchy. It's so melodic. Linell's doing really complex bass accordion notes, like yeah, with I the buttons that. and the, you know, this like really elaborate. The harmonies are really fun, classic. Classically, they might be giant (laughs) sounding. So uh, I'll admit, I haven't even dug, this is so new that I haven't really had time to like get used to the song or dig deep into it. I've listened to it a couple times. So the song seems to be from the point of view of either... I don't think it's from the point of view of a cannibal, but it's from someone who's collaborating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's collaborating with the cannibals to to kill, I assume kill and eat, mm-hmm. everyone in this nightclub. And right. it kind of reminds me of like, man, it's so loud in here. Vibes. I was going to say that. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't mean to say what you were going to say, but I'm glad that, I, that you were going to say what I was going to say.
2: Well, I'm on the same page. Yeah. And it's nice when that happens.
1: It is nice. They're about to close the club in the lyrics, and then he says, a subtle shift, <laughs> which is funny. It's like that part in Blade, where all the vampires
2: are in the nightclub. I don't know. I've never watched Blade. Oh, dude. I would love to, actually. It's on my list. Well, it's a rave that doesn't go well. Yeah.
1: There's a thing in Angel kind of like that, too. I feel like
2: this is a common theme among... Vampires. <laughs> Among children of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: Um, so They there's, trap
2: people in a club and eat them.
1: Yeah. A subtle shift. We changed our minds. We've locked all the doors in the club. I love that the narrator is like so evil. We've locked all the doors in the club here tonight and we're going to jam. This is a weird line. We're going to jam until our beards are long and white, which is such <laughs> a childish, silly image. Yeah. But it's such a violent song. At least there's implied violence. It also reminds me of No Cops a little bit, too. Yes, right? it yeah. does. That's right. Um, f- no Cops is a, a similar thing where, where we were not letting the people out of yeah. the th- show, yeah. which is funny. I mean, not to us. We're the audience. Yeah. this is, That was kind of what my experience on Gigantic was like. But I'll tell that story later on. Tune in yeah. next week. So then the chorus, the insanely catchy chorus that I love. Uh, We invited our friends, our cannibal friends, and they'll make their move when your consciousness ends. So that's curious. They're waiting till you're not conscious to eat you, or are they going to kill you? Like, they're going to be the ones who makes you unconscious. I don't know.
2: I mean, I can't speak for the cannibals, you know? (laughs) I I wouldn't want to presume anything. The fine young cannibals. Yeah. I assume it's when you black out from I don't know, fear or something.
1: Yeah, or just being in a club for uh, till their beards are long and white. At some point you're going to die or fall asleep or pass out. Yeah. Um, we've got a great Linnell harmony on the chorus when your consciousness yeah. ends, which is just a great thing to harmonize. Yeah. <laughs> great set of words to harmonize too. When your consciousness
4: ends. When your consciousness ends. When your consciousness ends The started, the barstools are busted with outsides in. From the moment they walked in with all their sweet talking, they had you then There's just one degree past the point of no return There's just one degree between just what will and will not burn We invited our friends, our cannibal friends
1: and they'll make their move when your consciousness ends. When okay, consciousness, this is. <laughs> the, lyric on TM- oh, so the lyric on TMBW says The bar fires started. The bar stools are busted from outside in. But me and Dave both heard in this better quality version, mm. we heard from outside skin, right? Well, I'm going to just. Let's hear it again. The bonfire started. The bar stools are busted with outside skin. Okay, so first of all, I think he might say the bonfires yeah, I can't tell, started or the bar fire. But it, it's bonfires seems like it makes a lot of sense. The bar stools... To cook the people. Yeah, exactly. The bar stools are busted with outside skin. So are they like a drum, like a oh, snare God. almost, right? They're stretching the skin on the bar stools. It's getting dark. It's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's... People, I don't know. I'm just an outside observer. <laughs> um, I'm just outside skin. From the moment they walked in with all their sweet talking, they had you then. I guess the cannibals are charming. Mm. Is that what he's implying? I mean, they, they'd have to be. That's what I've always heard about them. <laughs> I guess if you're going to eat someone, you want a cannibal I didn't like. Yeah. Sweet sweet talk them. See, it's funny, sweet. So they taste sweeter? <laughs> yeah, it's like almost <laughs> a pun there with sweet talking. Then he says there's just one degree past the point of no return, which is technically true. <laughs> okay, I'll get back to you on that. There's just one degree between just what will and will not burn. That's also
2: technically this is so true.
1: Distir- this song is one of the, I love this song. It's because it's, it's got this like such this uplifting, catchy melody. <laughs> and it's so, it's, it's even a step. It's a one degree past what they yeah. usually do.
2: Maybe that's why it never made it to an album. Maybe, yeah, like, maybe they're, they're,
1: this they're was like, for their, turned a corner here. This, this was for their kids album. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. Um,
2: this was the next Monsters of Mud.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to talk about that song.:
2: That would be funny if this was for children album, because they're friends.:
1: <laughs> Yeah. One thing that's exciting is that the TMBW, the YouTube version, doesn't have the final verse, and so we're going to listen to the never- before heard: Oh boy. Can you tell how, how much I'm soaking this in? Yeah, um, you're really milking this. Yeah, the uh, the not the not uh, ready for prime time <laughs> uh, final verse of our cannibal friends. Let's listen to that right now and talk about those lyrics because they're really interesting
4: when your consciousness ends it starts a new tale with a moral that's wrong like a story from jail and the stories from jail they've out the best part the part where your friends all make cannibal art and that cannibal art it's hard to defend but that is the deal with our cannibal friends with our cannibal friends with our cannibal friends with our Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.
1: Okay, so first of all, I love Flansburgh's performance. He's really into it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really it's, punk. You know, I, I'll just say it. It's fucking punk.
2: He gets more angry.
1: Yeah. Either
2: this is uh, literal cannibal art, so they're making art out of the people they've that's, eaten that's, and the leftovers. That's where my mind went. Or whatever. Or the other thing I was thinking about this is this could all just be a huge metaphor for like the kind of people that just take and take um, oh who would God. be artsy types, you know, self-involved, um, that's very, performance art kind of, you know. That's
1: very Flansburgy to do yeah. that kind of metaphor in a song, or at least assumed metaphor, because I think they're pretty, they're pretty tight-lipped about, like, they always say, like, our lyrics are about what they're about. Like, that's the story. Mm -hmm. There's cannibal people. But I I totally, I hear you. Flansburgh has a lot of commentary on the art, different art scenes he's been involved with over the years. And cannibal art
2: particularly, I feel, is like maybe some indictment of some bad art he's seen. I don't know.
1: Well, let's go through the lyrics like line by line because this is a special. He says, when your consciousness ends, it starts a new tale with a moral that's wrong, like a story from jail. So that's an interesting idea. So if someone, in what a guy in jail tells you a story, the moral will be like, you know, that's why you should kill people. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. kind of an interesting thought. Um, and the stories from jail, they lack the... I think this is what it says. We're still kind of not positive. And the stories from jail, they lack the best part, the part where your friends... By the way, I love the lyrical... This might be a dumb word to use, but I love the rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's like very... Um, Mm limericky and the stories from jail they lack the best part the part where your friends all it's like night before christmas the part where your friends all made cannibal art (laughs) i'm just trying to unpack this a little it's very weird the stories from jail lack the best part the part where your friends all made cannibal art and that cannibal art it's hard to defend which i think is a really funny line yeah because i think it's just funny to talk about art as being hard to defend like it's like when you like like a guilty pleasure (laughs) <laughs> well, that's what made
2: me think of, you know, maybe this is metaphor mm. for shit art
1: <laughs> shit, art.
2: or it's hard to defend because it's, you know, morally wrong to eat people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or a, just art that's morally wrong to to make Unless, if that's even a thing that is possible. I don't know. Though, is it
2: morally wrong to eat people if you don't kill them, if they die of natural causes? I guess if it's causes? consensual. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Continue.
1: The um, cannibal—it's hard to defend, but that is the deal with our cannibal friends. So that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> the that's end. All, folks. See you next week. Yeah, what an interesting song. I like it. I really, really like the song. Put uh, it on the next album. If anyone has the recording... put it on book. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. If anyone has a recording of, they apparently did this at a normal show, like very soon after
2: um, a normal show here being defined as one without robots one without
1: robots <laughs> just check and there's so much robot stuff to get into with all their songs become a robot robot parade blah, blah, yeah. but i feel like you already you've all got that in your head you got the deal yeah i don't i don't know what else to say about it except that i i love the song and i'm extremely was i'm extremely happy to play this great version for you dave and for the listeners
2: i feel like i'm a better man for having listened to it yeah
1: and uh, that's, that's the grab bag. Those are the, that's the deal. <laughs> that's, those, that's the deal with us. That's <laughs> what you get. This is what you get. Hey, here's something that is going to be fun. <laughs> it's a letterbox. I totally bought that. I never know what you find when you open up your letterbox. box is where we answer emails from you, from you on the air. Or sometimes we don't answer them, we just read them, and, and that's it. This is a letter from Matt. Matt. M.
2: <laughs> Matt the Brat. And in the email, he says, You and Dave seem somewhat baffled by the line, I'm not the only dust my mother Can't raised on my birthday. Um, I wasn't baffled. I knew exactly what it meant. Uh, it seems to me that this is a very. I was putting
1: inter- on a character, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't really baffled.
2: <laughs> on, I'm not the only hell my mom ever raised, which is sort of a crusty cowboy tough guy thing to say. Uh, you know how I'm always saying that, right? Dave is always um, saying that. I.e., I'm an angry bastard, but my mama's is a saint who never got into trouble. I don't know if it's a line from a specific film or book or even quite where I heard it, and I'm not altogether sure how the reference fits into the song, but there it is. So thank now, you. Now, Jordan, you have something to say about this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, thank you, Matt. Thank That's you, a, Matt. Uh, that is something we did miss. And uh, not many, uh, we got a lot of emails about it's not my birthday, but no one mentioned that. We did talk about the uh, raising a dust is a, is what mm-hmm. that reference is. But this is a new thing. There is a song by Johnny Paycheck, a country person who I know nothing about. Uh, from his album slide off of your satin sheets from 1977 and he has a song called I'm the only hell my Mama ever raised and uh, I'll play a clip of that because it's, it might be a reference point for them since they really reference pop culture a lot but apparently that I think that's a very old expression at least from mm-hmm. you know but the early 1900s or late 1800s or something or maybe even hundreds of years before.
4: So my mama's short on loving me
3: I guess that's why she let me go so far Mama tried to stop me short of stealing I guess that's why I had to steal that car She told me not to smoke it But I did and it took me far away And I turned out to be The only hell my mama ever
1: raised Very interesting. Love the reference <laughs> stuff. Love I the... thought you were gonna say Love Jordan. <laughs> Love Jordan. Okay, well, I'll I'll talk about the next email we got. This letter we got is from John, and he talks about someone keeps moving my chair, and he says, I think of moving my chair as someone bumping or kicking your seat from behind. The song for me has always been basically a joke about how that I don't think there's anything basic about the song, but has been <laughs> basically a joke this about the song's
2: a basic bitch.
1: About <laughs> about how that's the most annoying thing in the world. It lists a bunch of increasingly bizarre, irritating things, then says, I can deal with nearly anything, just quit kicking the back of my chair. Mm-hmm. And I like this point he makes. What amplifies the concept for me is the unusual rhythm of the chorus's title phrase, which, right. mim- which mimics the way you might talk if someone's rhythmically bumping your seat. That's very interesting.
2: Uh, when you're right, you're right, there, John. Yeah,
1: John, that, that's really great. I will say, you know, if you've ever been on an airplane or a bus and someone's kicking your chair behind yeah. you, it's you get. It's kind of like a road rage. You get irrationally mm. angry. Yeah. It's there's something so disruptive and annoying about it. Um, even when it's just the most um, innocuous, <laughs> and just like you know, just clearly not even the person's fault or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting, John. Thank you for that. Thank right. you for listening to our flood episodes. I,
2: I'd agree with that. I think John has a point. Yes. So let's- So congrats.
1: Let's do another email. I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling in the mood for, right. to read emails. That, that
2: makes me happy. All right. This next letter is from another Jordan. Ugh. So I hope you're personally offended.
1: Why won't they leave me alone?
2: Yeah. Um, be weird if there were no repeats of names in the world.
1: <laughs> that would be weird.
2: Anyway. All right. Uh, so Jordan had a point about Letterbox, which we just talked. We Jordans
1: about. tend to have good points. Yeah.
2: Um, regarding the lyrics of Letterbox, the phrase "When you took a bite out of my spine" may refer to backbiting, i.e., speaking negatively about someone behind their back. Mm. That fits with the general theme of gossip and wanting to know what people are saying about you. Like the reference to what a little bird told me and having eyes on the back of my head.
1: So probably yeah. correct, I would back, say. I've never heard of the the word backbiting before. Uh, but that's... I
2: have, but it's not at the front of my brain a lot. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's very interesting. Letterbox is, as you can hear in our YouTube upload of, of that segment, Letterbox yeah. really threw me and Dave for a loop, a loop-de-loop. But that's that's another... We were another step closer. Thank you, Jordan. Another piece of the puzzle. Okay, this next email is from Hannah. And she talks about whistling in the dark. And she says, My first impression of whistling in the dark was that it was intentionally ominous, like many Thing Me Giant mm-hmm. songs are. Many First Nations people would tell you that you should never whistle in the dark. Depending on what culture you ask, doing so will draw mm. ghosts, demons... Uh, these cultures sound awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Open doors or something similarly spooky. When you talked about the song, I noticed that the big drum hit that apparently wasn't strong enough for TMG on the album comes right after the lyrics with Sling in the Dark. Some say that you can close doors or clear the air with sounds like clapping hmm. bells or maybe a drum similar to what they're going for. Well, that's pretty awesome. That's a really complex idea there. Um, look, if you're saying that they want giant songs about ghosts and demons, I'm on board. Uh, I should also add that Hannah ended her email by saying, thanks for doing what you do. Jordan, I hope your health is good or improving. It actually is, I'm happy to say. Dave, you're perfect. You heard it here first, folks. You see that? Hannah, you're a gem. Dave is perfect. I agree. Thank you, Hannah. That was fan-flantastic. And anytime, Hannah,
2: you want to write in and... (laughs) <laughs> Compl- yeah, compliment. Say any other compliments. Feel free. Please do
1: it. Please feel Thank free. Thank you so much. So now let's close up the letter box. Let's slam it shut and get on with our lives. Don't tell me what to do. I never know what you're I I never let thanks for checking out the show. Uh, p- thanks for helping with the YouTube page. We got a hundred subscribers in a few days because of our loyal friends nice. o- online. That was really exciting. On to the next hundred. Please, 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 please. And (laughs) please... That was a lot of pleases. (laughs) Yeah. And also with the YouTube page, like share it with with friends. That's sort of why I did it so that it's easily linkable because it's hard to link to a podcast because it's kind of crappy looking. So like, yeah, easily linkable. And Dave, I I think... Our podcast is getting really popular because I had to show you something. Okay, I was googling some TMBG lyrics for this episode, mm-hmm. and something that randomly popped up is that somebody quotes us on the on an interpretations page on TMBW oh, wow. Wow. for "Hiya wow. Hi." Weird. And he's probably this person. He or she is probably listening. we're really
2: through the looking glass now. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I, I was
1: like looking for interpretations, and it was myself. But, I don't think
2: I ever want to see my own interpretation yeah. of anything, my own nonsense spit back in my face.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, someone on TMBW for the in Hia High says, I think it was Jordan on his Don't Let Start podcast who broached the idea that Hia High character here is the caricature glad handing music industry executive or talent scout. Okay. Well, I'm not on it. Well, then screw you guys. I think Dave might have even been the one to originate that uh, idea. But uh, you know what? Thanks for nothing. But anyway, the person goes on to do an interesting interpretation of Hiya high, high. And cool. I was kind of shocked to cool, see that. Man. And I was very proud because it's one thing to personally edit the interps, which I, I used to do in the past. But to to see that is, is nice. I, I want the podcast to have a well, life. I think you've arrived. A life of its own. I want people to share stuff and quote it and make T-shirts and, <laughs> you know. Anyway, this was episode 32, I think of don't let's start a podcast about they might be giants uh you can email us at don't let start podcast at gmail.com you can go to our twitter at don't let's pod our youtube page which i think the only way to really find it is to, to google we put a puppet head anna ang we're the replacements and letterbox. Letter, letterbox on the youtube so search those search don't let's start blah why blah, blah. it comes up uh, i'm gonna upload don't let's start next i think the song our song segment about that Specific. All right. So that was the show Thank you for listening We're going to be tackling Apollo 18 In the coming episodes And that's going to be a Ooh, journey Through the space and beyond uh, So goodbye And remember if
2: you sublet one podcast this year Let it be this one
0: Try to sleep Try to
4: you're just losing ground
0: she's in love
4: with her broken heart she's in love
5: Thank you.